0: Am I Reister or am I wrong? And of course, I am joined by my main man, Mr. Ralph Amsden. Um, lot going on today. Clearly the inauguration, so much stuff to talk about. But here's what we got today. Ralph Amsden, the man you're looking at right here missed out on 3.3 billion dollars in bitcoin so he's actually part of this i actually i don't know if he's worse off than the guy that the article was written about 220 million dollars because he lost a password and an in, an innocent tweet by me about carl malone commenting on zion williamson not being in shape it went very left Thanks to Ralph Amsden and another one of my followers. uh, Female reporters, their DMs are ridiculous. Reason why we're talking about this is because of Jared Porter, Mets former general manager who just got fired for being a creep. Um, Claudia Conway, Kellyanne Conway's daughter. Is she abused or is she a badass kid? And our thoughts on the inauguration and the, which of the 17 new executive orders is going to be the most effective. And Philip Rivers retires after 17 seasons. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but we will see what Ralph has to say about that. Am I right or am I wrong is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, fire. Facts only. Check your feelings at the door before you even show up. And also, the truth is the most important thing that we have. So you must embrace it. This is why you come here because we're going to give it to you straight. Um, And you guys download the Pac-12 Apostles podcast as well and listen to me on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM, uh, 10 p.m. Pacific, 1 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. And then... Fox Sports Radio on Sundays, 2 to 5 p.m. Okay, so Ralph, I guess we'll start with with you because you, my friend, can you tell us, well, actually, the whole story came up because there was an article written about how $140 billion is lost in Bitcoin passwords because people can't remember their passwords, so they're getting locked out. No, it's not like your Bank of America account where you can just hit forgot password because people keep them on thumb drives and stuff like that. But Mr. Ralph Amsden found a way to lose three point three billion dollars in Bitcoin. So how did you do this, Ralph? Well, actually, actually, actually probably thank you, because I don't know if we'd be
1: doing this podcast if you had three point three billion dollars. Oh man, you you would if I had three point three million dollars, you you'd probably never hear from me again. So, <laughs> no, I, I remember, So back in early two thousand nine, my grandmother passed away, and uh, she left me like nine thousand dollars, something something like that. And it was um, pretty early into me being a father. I had a two month old at home at the time. No, he's probably like six months old. And then my wife was four months pregnant. Don't ever do that. Don't, don't, uh, uh, don't only space two months between your, your, your children. Um, I highly advise against that, but so I'm, I'm staying at home uh, with my oldest son, who's a baby at the time and I've got some money. And so I'm looking for something to do with it. And uh, I remember reading about Bitcoin from the Winklevoss twins. And and if you aren't familiar with them, then you probably remember them from the movie, The Social Network. They were the twins who actually came up with the idea for Facebook, tried to get Mark Zuckerberg to build it for them. And instead Mark Zuckerberg built it for himself. Um, And long story short, I really looked into Bitcoin for this $9,000 uh, didn't end up doing it. I ended up putting the money in an oil stock and the company went belly up. I only lost about a $1,000 before I got my money back. And then I looked into Bitcoin again for a second time. So I had $8,000 and this time I was a little bit more serious about it. And I think at the time, Bitcoin was eight cents. It's like
0: 40,000 right now, but okay. Right,
1: right, right, right. And so... Um, I ended up like, I think my thought process and we're talking like hours and hours of reading on it. And I think my thought process at the time was, and it was probably influenced by the social network was like, man, these guys don't know what they're talking about. Like there's no way that something like this would actually work as an alternative to currency. Uh, And so I I think I'd use the $8,000 to go on vacation or something like that. And, and I mean, strongly considered, uh, investing in Bitcoin more than once the second time really went deep into the woods on whether it would be a good idea or not. And now I just, I have to laugh because um, it would be, I mean, it would, it had, had that money been left in, it would be in the billions, in the billions of dollars. Dude. And uh, I, I, I you, get do you get to a point sleep where you, at
0: night. How do you sleep at night knowing that you not only had <laughs> one chance, but you had two chances to get Bitcoin and you were like, nah, nah, nah I don't want to be a billionaire.
1: Yeah I I it was I guess $8, I
0: $8000 it wasn't like a billion.
1: Right. You know what I mean for right.
0: 100,000.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I've been I've been relatively broke my whole life and so it just feels like more of the same. Um and I don't understand what it would be like to have billions of dollars. So I I don't think I actually really grasp on what I'd be missing. The other part of it is well, I don't is know either, but really I want to find out. Yeah, <laughs> I don't actually know um I don't think I'd said this out loud to more than like three or four people. And so when I told you this story, you've been beating me over the head with it. I definitely think (laughs) about it more now. I definitely think about it more now than I used to.
0: Okay. How does your wife feel about the fact that you had a chance to have
1: $3.3 billion and you blew it? She's unhappy, but she makes more money than me. So it's not like she can leave me over it because then she'd have to pay me uh alimony or whatever <laughs> all right so. so all
0: right so so would you feel okay so you obviously feel bad about the 3.3 3 billion right so would you i feel don't feel worse, great about it so would you feel worse if you had like the like the dude in the article 220 million dollars on a flash drive that you can't get the password to that you know it's in there or just the fact that you didn't invest in it which one makes you feel which one would make you feel worse
1: having the money and not being able to access it feels a lot worse than never having the money at all to me, to yeah, me. Cause that's, that's, that that's, that's like knowing that you have like a refrigerator full of snacks, uh, but you got all your teeth pulled out, so you can't chew anything, which is a situation <laughs> I'm in right now. Uh, that feels worse. <laughs> to me. I'd rather have, I'd rather have some chicken nuggets than $3.3 billion dollars. At this point in time,
0: oh, so if you guys don't know, Ralph got Ralph, <laughs> Ralph got his molars taken out <laughs> because he got some bad. Dental. <laughs> Gotta tell
1: him. So i I got some some bad dental work done. Uh, I don't know if it's bad, but it it didn't hold up. And so, um, back in uh, in the early two thousands, and so uh, three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, I had to have all my molars pulled and they're going to get replaced. But in the interim, it's going to be like six weeks and I can't eat um, solid food. And so I'm three weeks into like pudding cups and uh, and smoothies. Yeah, but the worst part is
0: that the worst part about it was that Ralph was counting down the 30 days. And then he calls me or texts me. I I don't remember which one. and He's like, yo, bro. I just realized I don't actually get my teeth fixed that day. It's actually a few weeks after that. And so now I'm pissed (laughs) off and he didn't text me again for the rest of the night. He must've been very upset with himself.
1: I spent two weeks. I spent two weeks thinking I was counting down 30 days until I got my teeth replaced. And I was counting down 30 days until they took the impressions to order the stuff that they need to replace my teeth. So I was counting down 30 days till I had 30 more days. And when that hit me, I was so sad. I'm sad Uh, now. All right.
0: So yesterday, okay, this is just the Ralph deal deal today, buddy, because I sent out an innocent tweet yesterday. I mean, it was just an innocent tweet because Carl Malone made a comment about Zion Williamson. He said he needs to be averaging 40 minutes a game you are a 21, 22 year old kid. Your ass shouldn't be getting tired. Then I responded back. I'm like, at first, I was going to say Carl Malone was just talking foolishness. And then I went and examined his minutes per game and the amount of games he played. And he's speaking from facts and experience. So I'm sitting here, genuine. I'm looking, I'm like, oh, wow, Carl Malone literally played at least 80 games every single season except uh 98 99 cuz that was a strike short season right that was a short season and I think so. and uh when he was hurt when he was playing with the Lakers he only played 42 games every other season so 16 seasons he played a 80, uh, 80 81 or 82 games and he played 82 Plus- games plus yeah. like 14 to 15 playoff games at, at a minimum yes. every year. And his average over his career was 37 minutes a game. So I was being very genuine when I sent this tweet. I was like, "Okay, I guess we'll have a discussion about Karl Malone. I'll talk about it on my show and then listen to what Ralph said back."
1: What'd you what would you say, Ralph? I just made mention that it was a surprise to me that he felt like Zion Williams was young at 21 years old uh, because he's had some issues with uh, with the age of uh, of people in his past. And uh, I, that's I a found nice out way I, to say it,
0: dude. You were yeah. beating around the bush. Oh, all right, so so
1: read the tell tell me what the tweet exactly said. All right, let me let me find it real quick because I, I, I you're, if you make me if you make me feel bad for saying bad stuff about Carmelo, I'm going to be pissed because hating the Utah Jazz is, like, the one uh, place in my heart. Uh, So the the tweet said, Carmelo calls out Zion Williamson. Zion needs to be averaging, like, 40 minutes per game. You're a 21-year-old kid. Your ass shouldn't be getting tired. And I said, it is definitely surprising to find out Carmelo thinks 21 is a young kid. And the reason why – so this was an innocent conversation – Ralph
0: takes it there because I didn't know part of this story. So I knew that his, his oldest daughter or one, one of his daughters, Cheryl Ford, who played at Louisiana tech, went to the WNBA. I thought that I remembered her mom being young, right? That when she was, she was. Yeah. So Carl, Carl Carmelo had sex with an underage girl, got her, got her pregnant. That's what I thought Ralph was referring
1: to. Ralph was not referring to that. What were you referring to Ralph, well, the first time that he got somebody pregnant, it was his neighbor in Summerfield, Louisiana, when he he was 20 years old. She was had just turned 13, was 12 or 13 years old. Um, and so he had a baby by a 13-year-old when he was 20. And that kid grew up to actually play five or six years in the NFL, um, and he never really acknowledged that kid except for maybe once or twice. Um, late into in into the teenage years. Uh, and so I've always I've always known I've always thought Carl Malone was a scumbag who shouldn't be uh among the all-time points and minutes and free throws attempted leaders because I, I felt like he should have spent his entire career in prison. <laughs> like that that's I mean there I there, there is some truth to that though.
0: Like you you can't not acknowledge that fact. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. can't not acknowledge it. I just wonder, all right, so this is one of those things. So are you allowed to discount everything that somebody says because they're a creep? You know what I mean? Like, do, do you get to discount the messenger because, I mean, the message because you
1: don't like the messenger? Absolutely not. I just think you, you add context, right? So, so like, so with um, Remix to Ignition one of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, Definitely one of the better songs to ever be written by a rapist.
0: So I think that's the context
1: for you. That's the context that I think you got to add to like, um, to me, Chuck Berry, father of rock and roll, best guitarist to ever plant cameras in a public bathroom. So I, I just think it's like you, you take people's transgressions, and you say like, yeah, this person is uh, very good at what they did. However, um, you know Thomas Jefferson, Louisiana Purchase, incredible deal uh, for a guy who was a um, was a slave yeah, owning
0: a, rapist and yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, okay. right. So it's 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 just you you have to take things into historical context. Um, And then understand that, like, because a lot of people say that, oh, calling Karl Malone out now, that's cancel culture. I don't understand how it's cancel culture. He was allowed to have an entire NBA career despite his follies, which, again, he could have been in prison that entire time. But they basically made the agreement that he wouldn't be able to financially support the child of the child um, if he was in jail. And and he didn't do it anyway. Right, and he didn't do it anyway. So uh, that's pretty rough. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I just think I don't think that you. He, he he's probably what number one or number two power forward of all time.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it it's Tim Duncan, and then then him, and he's ahead of uh you know Barkley. Like, yeah, Barkley, Kevin Garnett, those guys. He's he's ahead yeah. of them. Um, so, I don't yeah. think that changes.
1: I don't. I don't think that changes at all. Yeah. So
0: I w- I would agree with you there. Um there was another story that came out that that kind of tr- it kind of triggered some things in me and I know it did for you Ralph because so Jared Porter was hired to be the Mets general manager. Most of you have heard this story. He sent like 60 some odd unsolic- I mean consecutive unresponded to tweets including 17 pictures. One of them, a bulge in his pants, and another one, he sent a dick pic. So it's like, like for for me, I just thought, I know that this is going to sound super naive, Ralph, but here's here's what I picture. I, when the Me Too movement and all this stuff started, and all of this is about female reporters and their uh, DMs and the stuff that's in there and the things that guys say to him. And it's absolutely outrageous. I'm like, when the idea of a sexual, like a voyeur, like somebody, that idea to me was guy who shows up in a trench coat at the bus stop and is like, ah. Like, that's what, that's what the, I didn't think that people were wearing suits to work. Matt Lauer locking people in offices, pulling pulling their you know meat out and and doing their thing in an office I didn't think that I I, in my mind I couldn't because I never saw it I saw misogynistic talk I saw but I never for one time thought that these types of things happen and then I've known some female reporters in sports and mind you here's the thing They'll in men's mind, I I don't know whether it's and obviously this is not all men. I'm talking about the creepazoids. that they think that just because they are a woman and that they are some kind and that that guy is some kind of way. God's gift that because she's a female reporter, she wants them. She asks for their number. No, she wants a source. She's trying to do her job. She's trying to move up in the world. She doesn't want to date you. Yes, that does happen occasionally, but that's far from the freaking norm. And it it just frustrated me because I the fact that I felt so stupid and not knowledgeable on the situation. And then you got Jared Porter because I'm like, okay, how many texts like should should you be able to send somebody unsolicited before it turns into a
1: crime? I feel pretty weird at like four, and that's if you and I are texting back and forth. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so,
0: but like 60 and a dick pic? Like, what are you doing? Like, you should you should be barred from texting at that point in time. Like, you should, like, when people commit cyber <laughs> crimes and they take their computer, you should be barred from texting.
1: Have you seen this Twitter account? It's like men down bad. No. like men men getting friend zoned and stuff like that. Okay, so it's called Men Down Bad. Men Down Bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will I'll send you a link to it because it's it's pretty funny. It's it's just guys shooting their shot and and um and laying bricks, right? So Yeah. I think that, you know, it, it's got to be tough, man. I I've, I've been I've been married for it feels like I've been married for almost as long as I cuz I think you you probably don't acknowledge your singleness until you are Uh, like puberty age or that's how it was for, for me anyway. And then I got married early. I got married at like 22. I'm 36. Now I feel like I've been married for longer than I even could acknowledge what singleness was. And so I've never tried to date in the era of text messages or Tinder or, or, or Bumble or really like even using MySpace to shoot your shot or anything like that. So I've never been in this situation but like i i cannot imagine i can't imagine going oh for sixty and shooting shot sixty one i just i can't imagine <laughs> that. i think it takes a different level of almost like um narcissism narcissism and it's it there's like a level of like patheticness to it that that i don't really that I don't really understand of like not being able to take the take the hint you know um and I, maybe maybe it worked in another situation where you get to message number 65 and then you live happily ever after, but I've never seen it. And so um, I don't know, man. I, w- I will say this. Of the female reporters that I know that have let me look at their DMs, yikes. It's not uncommon. It's a pretty – like this thing that happened with Jared Porter, um, it's a pretty common thing. I have colleagues, um, sports reporters uh, that have sent – Inappropriate messages, even ones that I helped expose and call out, and get barred from from doing their jobs because they took things uh, way too far. And the other thing that I see a little bit of is professional and college athletes um, sending unsolicited pictures to reporters because they know that the reporter wants access, and it actually creates an issue for the reporter to expose that somebody exposed themselves yep. to you. Like it like, puts your job what are you in jeopardy.
0: Do with tail? because because now people then judge you for they're like oh well i don't know if i can say 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 anything to her she might snitch no it's like don't don't oh my god the number one rule got do not send a picture of your member that nobody asked for
1: and even if they ask like i maybe draw one or something like you don't need you you (laughs) never know you never know you never know if that's like i I was telling you before we started yeah yeah. I was t- telling you before we started recording, like these female reporters that I know, they're not keeping this. Like they, I've seen them. I've seen. They them. I was in a, you, so yeah, Of course, they And I don't want to see that. I was in a college football press box one time when an athlete sent something to a female reporter, and she showed everybody.
0: And it, now, and now everybody knows. So when there's a story that comes out about him. If he does something creepy, guess what? People are gonna be like, oh yeah, yeah, I remember. I, I saw I saw his. Yes, that that's him. It curves to the left. I know it. I saw it. I saw it come from uh from, from him. Um now on, now on to the next uh social media bungles or whatever. You we have Claudia Conway. And Claudia Conway posted this on social on tiktok and in your life. so she posted this this is her so talking to her to mom kellyanne out. conway who's what to fucking get for you to tell right people i'm a bitch what? and what? what what if you don't what? know like she's been going back and forth with for her mom for a long time on it? social media so I you think I'm, you walking walking
1: I'm trying to have a conversation <laughs> with you do you know what Morning. you've done to yourself do you know what you've done to yourself? You get it all over the sheets that i cleaned can
0: ignore you stop me. no you don't ignore me I
1: you, asshole. i text them all day long and well, they're they paying
0: me? attention to you because they know that you need extra help
1: what'd you call me what do you want to know hypo hyper. no i said hyper I from the doctors hypo what do you want to know hypo hyper. no i said hyper send
0: my mom please can you please mom no you please i want you out of here you were making you mad Some 15-fucking-year-old being you, now. So is Kelly, well, is Claudia Conway
1: abused or is she a badass kid? Uh, I mean, I think you have to acknowledge that there's different forms of abuse. She's claiming that she gets hit. Uh, She definitely, you know, getting called a, a... an asshole and saying nobody would want you. Like, that's all very emotionally manipulative and emotionally abusive. Um, she's been claiming it for a long time. She's got a bunch of video evidence of it. And remember, this is a 15 year old kid without a fully developed frontal lobe who is reacting to getting call- called an asshole repeatedly by her very famous mother, whose entire job it is to project an image of stability publicly. Um, I don't think that there's any good path forward for a 15 year old who is in a situation where they're definitely getting manipulated and emotionally abused to disclose it. So I've seen a ton of criticism over the last 24 hours of her and the way that she disclosed this stuff. Um, but what I want people to understand who have never been in this situation, um, there is no good option. Like, why don't you just handle it this way? There is no other way to handle it. Like, there's, when you create an environment of abuse or neglect or manipulation there's nothing there's no good it's not it's not like road a works road b does not every road is bad oh okay so so
0: i'm going to play the devil's advocate here okay so she's posting tiktoks making her mom look bad I mean, my, mind you, so our mom and dad don't even live together. George Conway, right? So, but they're yeah. Catholic, so they won't get a divorce. I, I'm just like, what do you, I, I, as a parent, if my kid were doing this, actually, first of all, this wouldn't happen because I feel like I have a better relationship than, my, than with, with my kids than this, first thing. But second thing, if they wanted to do this, I'm not paying for his their damn cell phone. Yeah, I'm not paying for this for you to be doing this. Nope, not happening. You better get a damn job post post posted yourself. You can get emancipated, whatever the hell you want. But that's not what goes down in the Reister household, homie. That's not happening. Yeah,
1: um, I get that. It's I'm not a kid now. And so you know i i didn't I didn't grow up in the best of situations. I, I I left home. I was I was out of there. Right? Had if I had had this option at the time, I don't think that I would have taken it. I don't I think got that my I would. Ass
0: whooped. I took this. I would took that route. Oof.
1: Not 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 just that, but I think that you get to the point, especially when you've been manipulated into believing that like you are. Like if, if you're getting called an asshole, if you're getting called a piece of shit, if you're getting called worthless on a daily basis, you kind of start to buy into it and you think to yourself like who would, who would acknowledge this anyway, right? Like who would even want to um, take into consideration that I don't feel safe in my own home? And so the the idea like I could not see myself doing something so public I, I can't picture myself being the famous child of a famous couple who are on opposite ends of the political spectrum in the most politically divisive time in our history like the president talks crap about her dad and talks like her mom is the greatest human being ever so like I can't I can't imagine being that level of famous or infamy or whatever but I also she's like she's a kid so, so I can't you think
0: it's a cry for help that that their relationship is so fractured and she's in such a bad way that this is like the only way that she feels to exp- explain herself or whatever. Because my initial thought was, all right, yes, that wouldn't happen in my house, but that comes from the better relationship, too. So it's like. I blame her parents because a lot of times when kids do stuff like this, you have to blame the parents, not the kids, because it's a lot of this is nurture and not nature, I think.
1: Yeah. And I think I think your kids would notice also when you aren't who you say you are. And her mother's literally in the position that she's in because she is a master manipulator of information. She's incredible at it. She might be the best there is. And so when I'll you're you in a, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So when you're in a situation where you're in the home with somebody who projects themselves to be one way, but you see another side of it, some people just don't have the stomach for that level of hypocrisy. And she has access to everybody to be able to make something like that public. And you have a bad relationship with your mother in that way, and she she tells you that you're the problem. Yeah. I, I can I can understand the instinct to be like, no. I'm, I'm going to show you who the actual problem is. But again, it's not a good thing to have done, but there are no good options when you're in that situation.
0: Yeah, the, okay. That I can live with that. Um, today was the inauguration. We got a new president. Some people are excited. Some people are not excited. Uh, you had Lady Gaga singing the national anthem with a, a, a hunger, a giant Hunger Games pin on, or... Obviously, it wasn't a Hunger Games fan. It just looked like she had a a, a foot and a half long dove on her chest. But and but then you had J Lo getting up there, and what did what did she say? Let's get loud. Let's get routed. What the hell did she say?
1: She didn't say let's get loud. Uh, she also spoke a little bit Spanish, um, which I know uh, upset some folks. Um, like this is America. We speak English. And and, yeah, and,
0: and and mind you, I am a person, I know this may get some people upset, that I do believe that on some level that people, when you live in the country, even though we don't have an official language, that you should try to assimilate on some level to like learn the language to communicate and not force it upon the people who live here to now accommodate you in, in your refusal to learn the language. Do you, am, am I tripping here?
1: No, I think there's two ways to think about it. One is uh, if you have people coming into traffic from an on-ramp, that there's a zipper system. And if you ignore that zipper system, people are going to get frustrated because there's a way that you should drive. There's a way that you should assimilate into traffic to make sure that everything is functional for everybody. There are people who carry that mindset about foreign languages. And then there are people who uh, just get frustrated and paint paint it in some way as being inferior or dirty or wrong. And there's a lot of people in this country who are absolutely sick of being made to feel like the language that their parents speak at home, some reason makes, makes it so that there's something wrong with them, you know? I'm I, my, my dad's from a, a, a people with. There's only nine thousand of them left. Northern Cheyenne. Maybe one thousand of them actually speak the the language anymore, and the language is is gonna eventually die, right? So, like, it's it. Th- there were there were other people here speaking a bunch of different languages before English became the dominant one, and you have to open yourself up to the real possibility that someday the language we speak might not be the dominant one anymore. That's just the, that's the ebb and flow of things. And I think that threatens some people that makes some people feel threatened when you're in a situation where um, you feel like you, you can't communicate or be heard. uh, And you feel like you have the right to communicate and be heard because everyone you grew up around speaks a certain way. So I think that's the two ways to look at it. Um, But I did, it it didn't, it did make me laugh because I knew all the usual suspects would get upset. Oh God, you, you already know. Um, what of
0: the 17 um, of the 17 new executive orders that President Biden signed today? Because he signed everything from setting civil immigration enforcement policies, which is a reversal from Trump, ending the Muslim ban, mm-hmm. terminating border wall, extended deferred and em- enforced departure for Liberians, um, ordering appointees to sign ethnic ethnic ethics pledges and improving modernized regulatory views all of this stuff and a bunch more what was joining the paris accord all sorts of sorts of things what was the one that you pointed out and you were like oh yeah i'm in on this
1: yeah i'm not i'm not a huge fan of executive orders and executive power uh to to begin with um but, you know o- obama used the executive order quite a bit um trump did it uh, but a lot of it was. When he was doing it, was just kind of for for show. Um, it felt like not not a, a ton of the stuff that he he put into practice actually fundamentally changed things. But a lot, of, it feels like a lot of what uh, Biden is doing on day one is just reversing uh, uh, the direction that uh, that Trump was going. When a lot of what Trump did was trying to reverse the direction of what Obama was doing, so it feels like we're playing tennis a little bit. There are two that stood out to me personally. Uh, one of them oh, was...
0: I hope you don't steal mine because there is one that. I want that go, go on. I, I have a feeling you're going well, to one, one of my. I,
1: for me, the student loan thing was the most practical because, um, it's, it's an incredible bubble that people, people don't understand They uh, people who are all about personal responsibility. And I get that. I feel that I'm with you. Um, I would love to be able to pay my student loan back, but you have to understand the cost of college over the last 30 years has increased like 3000%, but wages have not. And so ultimately this is a bubble. It's going to be our next giant crisis is people's inability to pay back their student loans. It will mean that they can't buy houses. It will mean that they can't purchase goods. Um, and a lot of these loans are guaranteed by the government, so you can't get them for given in bankruptcy. So giving us a little bit of breathing room in a tough economy facing COVID is going to be really, really huge um, as far as the student loans. And the other one is I live in Arizona and I know that a border wall isn't the solution. And you just watch people climb up the walls of the Capitol uh, yes. in, a, in a really gross illustration of of, of the good a wall actually Have, does. Haven't you
0: seen the, the video of people climbing over the wall that, that and mind you, the majority of the wall is just replacing wall that was already there.
1: Yeah, it's only 80 miles. It's yes. only 80 miles of new wall, and we're the ones paying for it. And we were told that if there was to be a wall built, that it actually wouldn't be a cost incurred by the American people. Yes. So I felt like that was a huge, bro- terrible, broken promise. Um, it almost got Steve Bannon put in jail. He got a pardon at the last second. That The, the wall thing, as an Arizonan, never made sense to me. I'm all for immigration well, and, reform, and people don't wholesale realize immigration that, reform.
0: And people don't realize that some of the, the border is not wallable. Like, you literally cannot put a yeah. wall because of the terrain. I, yeah, it's, and
1: some of it's on the reservations. And also, like, animals don't recognize that there's a border. So you cut (laughs) off their ability to like migrate and procreate and pollinate and all the things that animals and insects do. It just creates weird problems of where where we could actually be um, putting in technological solutions that aren't from the literal stone age uh, to, to handle immigration issues. And I got, I got a family member who works with the border patrol Every single day. And they were already doing stuff with cameras uh, um and, and stuff like that. That was pretty innovative. And so the wall thing doesn't the wall thing always made me laugh because even if we got the wall, we weren't supposed to be the ones paying for it. And, yep. and uh, we are. So that's a lie. That Craig,
0: that's a lie. OK, so you did not choose mine. Right. The one that I'm actually most invested in. I know you're probably going to be surprised because I thought that you would have been most invested in this one because you are a Native American is the revoking the Keystone XL pipeline permit uh, plus some other environmental actions because the, the, the uh, Keystone pipeline literally goes what it's, it goes on like sacred native American land. It's going to dump pollution and like lakes and you're like, come on, bro. Like, come on. It, it's, it's just an awful idea. And I like the fact that that's getting
1: re- revoked. I feel like <laughs> I, I, I think I'm ignorant to it a little bit. I've seen people. People have been arguing about oil pipelines my entire life, um, and sacred to me has always been a little bit of a like kind of a laughable buzzword. Yeah, it's like it's like a it's like a word that natives started using when it was just time to like wake white people up to the idea that like hey, you keep messing with stuff, you you don't stop, you never stop. So it's sacred and, 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 you know, people, people, I feel like that did a much better job rhetorically and emotionally rallying people to the cause of not having to go out and pervert every little piece of land to suck up every non-renewable resource for temporary profits. Um, But as far as like believing that the land is actually, um, is is actually sacred or whatever? Like most displaced natives <laughs> aren't even in places that they are actually from. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it's it's. I think it's just more of a factor of like, hey man, just leave our shit alone for a minute. It's sacred, okay? Leave yep. it alone. I it's like what it. I tell uh, when I when I'm yelling at my kids, and I don't want them to mess with something. I will relay to them that is much more important than maybe it actually is. I just need them to leave it alone.
0: Yep. All right, Ralph. Last thing up. After 17 years, finally the dinosaur is retiring. Well, one of the dinosaurs, because you got well, two, two of the dinosaurs, really, because you got Philip Rivers, Drew Brees um, announced his retirement. You have Matt Ryan is still a dinosaur. Tom Brady's a dinosaur. I'm talking about these non-mobile quarterbacks, like guys who can't get away from anybody. And that the league is moving on from them. So, Phillip Rivers is retiring. I say he's not a Hall of Famer, despite his numbers being so high. And when you look, what, he's fifth all-time in yards with 63,000. And in touchdown passes, he is fifth as well with 421.
1: I say he's not a Hall of Famer. What say you? Uh, he, he would have to be pretty borderline. He's definitely not first ballot. He went five and seven, I think in the playoffs, three of those losses were to Tom Brady. I don't think you can fault him, um, for, for losing to, as far as success goes, the goat. Right. Yeah. Um, but he's got a, uh, he got a loss to Mark Sanchez. He's got a loss to Josh Allen. We don't really know what that loss to Josh Allen really means yet, but he, um, he, he went five and seven. He took multiple teams to the playoffs. But if you notice, he he actually also had a long period in which he didn't make the playoffs, uh, kind of after Ladanian Tomlinson um, left San Diego. So I don't know. It, I, w- I will say that it, Eli made the right move, probably. And uh, if, you, if you think back on that draft, it's interesting because Eli not wanting to go to San Diego. And I think that's really what it was about is he just did not want to be in San Diego. No, 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 It wasn't
0: the uh, city. He didn't want to play for the Spanos family, which okay. has been dysfunctional in terms of signing free agents, all of that kind of, kind, kind of stuff. Cause in that draft, Eli got taken first by San Diego and then traded to the giants who were, who drafted fourth. Robert yeah. gallery went
1: second and Larry Fitzgerald went third. And that I think the most interesting thing about that draft is that San Diego decided that if they couldn't have Eli, they wanted Philip Rivers, but New York was fine. They were fine if the San Diego took Eli because they wanted Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. So there's this alternate reality out there where Eli is in San Diego, Ben Roethlisberger is in New York, and Philip Rivers is in Pittsburgh. Do you think Philip Rivers' career would have turned out differently if he was a Steeler?
0: Yes. What do you mean? Like, yes. He would have been in a more functional um, system in terms of – well, organization, I should say. Because it's not just the players and the coaches that win championships. It is – well, first of all, he would have had a better coach in Bill Cowher and then Tomlin – but then also he would have had the Rooneys are better owners than the Spanos family. Like the the, the Spanos family, they, they had to move cities because they couldn't figure out funding. And in reality, cities should never be funding
1: building stadiums. That's stupid. The owners have enough money to do yeah. that. And San Diego's a they they love they love the chargers. And so yep. this is it, it feels very much like a Seattle Sonics thing. So all right, so here's the thing I'm leading you down. If Phillip Rivers had gone to Pittsburgh, yes or no, just yes or no, would he have had either the same amount or greater success than Ben Roethlisberger? Mm.
0: Jeez. Okay. Okay. Ben Roethlisberger is eighth all time in touchdown passes. If he plays another year, so he's 25 behind Philip Rivers. So if he plays another year, he'll pass Philip Rivers. Mind you, but he was drafted in the same class. So that doesn't count. So, oh man, but Ben Ben's got two Super Bowls. One of them they won his first one, they won despite him and not because of him.
1: And they probably would have won that if they had Philip Rivers.
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely cuz he was a better passer at that point in time.
1: So, okay. Okay. So, so if we can agree that it's very possible that Philip Rivers would have had the same level of success or better as Ben Roethlisberger or better in Pittsburgh, then can you make the argument that Philip Rivers, as a better player than Ben Roethlisberger, who is definitely one of the Hall of Fame, is a Hall of Famer?
0: The problem with that is, is that you get caught up in. In championships and, you, you, you know, like the beauty, the beauty pageant of it, like you get caught up in it and mind you, you you try to take it out because people are going to take it out for um, for Eli, Eli Manning. They're going to be like, well, oh. I mean, he is a two time Super Bowl winner, but like they're they're going to say, but but he didn't go to the playoffs enough. But, okay, so Ben Roethlisberger, two-time Super Bowl champion, six-time pro bowler, two-time NFL passing yards leader, and, oh, he's got no all pros and no
1: MVPs or offensive player of the years. Huh. Huh. I could see him getting in eventually, but I I do not think that he should be considered to be a hall of famer right away. But I think you can make the argument in that in a sliding doors world where he ends up in Pittsburgh, that we have a completely different feeling about him.
0: Yeah. But should I, you, are you supposed to take that into account when you're judging the hall of fame though?
1: Uh, I think, I think to a certain extent, maybe not for quarterbacks, maybe quarterbacks is, is, um, is where you draw the line on that. But I think that if you're one of the greatest of all time at your position, like nobody in the entire world is going to hold the Cleveland Browns record against Joe Thomas. They're just going to yeah. say he's one of the top five offensive linemen of all time. They're not going to say, well, yeah, if he," hit- they don't win
0: or lose football games. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they don't like a left tackle, even though he's very impactful, he doesn't have the same impact because a quarterback if the left tackle misses his block, a quarterback can overcome that. You know what I mean? Like, at, at the, not every single time, obviously. But he can juke a guy, make a miss, throw the ball up, throw it on time. Like, he can overcome bad play by other people, aside from his wide, aside from his wide receivers catching the football. But Joe Thomas can't overcome a bad quarterback.
1: So the benchmark for me is Kurt Warner. If you're better than Kurt Warner, you deserve to be in. If you're not as good as Kurt Warner, you do not. Where would you put Phillip Rivers in relation to Kurt Warner? Ooh, okay. Because so. the, the number one quarterback in NFL history for me that does not meet that criteria is Carson Palmer. All the numbers are there. The longevity's there. He had a little bit of playoff success there at the end, but to me he falls short of the Kurt Warner line, therefore not a Hall of Famer.
0: Okay, let me look and see where Kurt Warner is. Okay, so Kurt Kurt Warner though does have does he have one league MVP or two?
1: I think he has two. He also got benched for Matt Leinart and Eli Manning, um, and Mark Bulger. So he got benched three times in his career. But he's got two MVPs, and he's got a Super got, Bowl ring. He got benched four times in his career because he got benched for Josh McCown as well. Okay, so do you know who I equate?
0: I equate him to Terrell Davis.
1: Because
0: he had the, two, two the unreal years
1: and gotten the Hall of Fame off the two. Yeah,
0: yeah, because Ter- Terrell Davis d- doesn't even have 10,000 yards and he's in the Hall of Fame, so it's weird. But, but he was the best player in the league at his
1: position. Correct. So you can far. have
0: these short flashes of unbelievable play and that's where I think that you put you know a Kurt Warner you know flashes of unbelievable incredible best in the league play
1: okay okay
0: yeah so so he's oh my god he's 43rd all time in the league in terms of passing yards but he did play a lot less time than a lot of these other quarter quarterbacks. What, what do he only play? Eleven years? Eleven or twelve? He, he, he 12 started years.
1: late. He started yeah. late, and then he got benched in New York, in Arizona twice, and in St. Louis. Yeah, but his story matters, though, right? Yeah, yeah. But being a grocery bagger, being an AFL guy, yeah, all that matters. Taking the Cardinals, a, a historically pathetic franchise, to the Super Bowl, taking the Rams and winning, and Adam Vinatieri being. It, Adam Vinatieri and James Hare. So, T- Kurt Warner is technically two plays away from being a three-time Super Bowl winner. Yep.
0: Yep. yep. yep.
1: And it was not even
0: Santonio Holmes who lost the, the game for him on... No, um,
1: Antrel Rolls, dumbass. No offense to Antrell Roll. Oh, Antrel oh, oh, oh. Rolls, dumbass, but no offense. Uh, my feelings are still hurt. He, Because he... he He had to poke his head out onto the field to see what was going on. And he blocked Larry Fitzgerald from being able to run down uh, James Harrison on that 101-yard interception return, which I guess you could blame on Kurt Warner. But Antrell Roll, really, if he had just stayed on the sideline, game over.
0: Yeah, and then you would have had... um, That would have been the greatest chase down in NFL history, even better than what we saw from DK Metcalf this year. Because it would have been... It would have been in the Super Bowl, a guy who's not a burner. Like that would have been absolutely amazing. Had he caught him and he not scored, that would have been historic.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But it didn't happen. So let's move on. <laughs> if if it is pots and fans, the whole world would be in yeah. the kitchen, baby. We don't um, have to talk about this. Okay, so ultimately, I think that Phillip Rivers may get in. If this were the NBA Hall of Fame. Philip Rivers would absolutely get in the Hall of Fame because they let anybody in. But being that it's the football Hall of Fame, he's going to get caught up in. It's going to be hard because Drew Brees is going to get in that same year. And there are going to be a couple more like, you know, automatic
1: bids that you know are yeah. going to go in. What's the Philip Rivers NBA equivalent? Would you say like Car- Carmelo? Yes, yes, he would be a Carm. Yes, he would be a Carmelo. Okay, because I mean basketball. Basketball wise, you got the Olympics. You got uh, the championship at Syracuse. Yeah, but pro basketball wise, NBA wise, it's just buckets, buckets, and conference championship appearances,
0: like a couple. Yeah, and then you're on a bad team. Don't go to the playoffs. And then you do with Portland again. Like, that's – it's yeah, that's who Philip Rivers is. He's Carmelo Anthony. Um, yeah, so I think he gets in the playoffs eventually. I mean, sorry, in the Hall of Fame. Ah, I don't know, dude. But – okay, so do you think Eli gets in is the question?
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's two Super Bowls, and that's – if, again, Kurt Warner won Super Bowl in – Eli Manning, the guy that they shipped Kurt Warner out for, gets two Super Bowls. Of course he's in. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a good good thought. Hey, you guys, um, thank you for joining us today on Reister or Wrong with my man, Ralph Amsden. I'm George Reister. You guys, make sure that you guys share the podcast. Tell a friend about the podcast right right whether you text it to them, email it to him watch it on youtube however it is or the or download it just send it and share it so we can continue to grow thanks a lot peace out catch you guys on wednesday